there is a double standard, right? When you're not the status quo, you're judged beyond reasonable doubt. It's like you have to have everything and then some. And still, you know, you're still going to be doubted. People are not going to believe it. People are going to say, oh, but we haven't seen it before compared to others where they're judged by potential. So it's like, oh, I have this great idea. And it's like, oh, wow, I could see it. That's the next Zuckerberg. That's the next this. And that's the next that. And they get the funding real quickly. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani, and I believe that you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and less than 25% of women are breaking the C-suite glass ceiling. And our team at CEO School is on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who are breaking the statistics, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they defied the odds so that you can do it too. If you are an ambitious woman who wants to create a life of impact through financial freedom, self-growth, and find confidence in your voice, grab a seat because class is officially in session. Hey everyone, it's Sanira here, and I'm so excited to announce a new giveaway and contest for all of our incredible listeners. All you have to do is leave us a review on why you love this show, and you will randomly be selected to participate in a one-on-one coaching session with yours truly. One-on-one, just me and you, and we're going to deep dive into whatever topic you want to deep dive into. We're going to catapult your business to the next level. We're going to start that next idea of yours. We're going to break everything down into a private one-on-one session, me and you. And all you have to do is leave a review down below. That's it. Leave us a review. Tell us why you love the show. And every four weeks, we're selecting a brand new participant for this giveaway. And so do not miss your chance. It's literally the odds are hundred percent in your favor. Leave a review down below. I cannot wait to select you for a private one-on-one coaching session. Let's do this. Welcome to CEO school. Today's guest is so incredible. She is literally a rocket scientist. You guys, I'm so nervous even starting this episode off because she's obviously so brilliant. I cannot wait for you guys to hear her story. She has raised over 10 million in venture capital, launched a VR company, a virtual reality company, also all while raising a family. Mary Spio is here and she is the CEO and founder of Seek. She develops virtual and augmented reality experiences and has literally taken this industry by a storm. Mary is the inventor of the world's first 40 audio headphones. And she actually sits on the board of Facebook's Oculus VR for good and Amazon's launchpad itself. She has been awarded over 10 technology patents in satellite streaming, virtual reality, and 40 audio technology. I mean, ladies, this bio is just incredible. And the work that she's done is unreal. She's been featured in Rolling Stone, Billboard, the Wall Street Journal, and more. And I'm so excited, if you can't tell already, to have Mary on the show. Mary, welcome to CEO School. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sanarian. What a great introduction. I should take you everywhere you know, to do that introduction. That is fantastic. Thank you. I'm like looking back. <laughs> you make it easy. I mean, I'm literally nervous. I, I probably had to say augmented reality four times to get that right. I mean, this is serious stuff that you're working on. Congratulations on all the success. I have a million questions right now to get to. We have 
30 minutes to hear your story and to learn from you. And so I'm going to just dive right in because you are literally one of the most badass women I've ever met. And we really need to be best friends. We need to be best friends, Mary. I'm going to throw that out there on the show. I'm obsessed. Okay, Mary, take us back. I mean, you were literally, you know, probably the only woman I've ever met that is doing what you're doing. And you're probably one of very few women in your space. I'm so excited to hear particularly about that journey. So take us back. How did you decide to become a rocket scientist? Where did that happen? You know, it's interesting because when I set out, I didn't really know anybody in engineering. I don't think, I kind of feel like I kind of fell into it, but looking back, it was always there, right? I remember when I was young, maybe nine years old, I was watching TV. I saw like a documentary on space exploration and I was so excited by that, you know, but I took that somewhere and then I went through life because that time I was living in Ghana, you know, I came back to the U.S. I was working at McDonald's, went in the Air Force. And so when I went in the Air Force is really when I tested and I did very well in math and science. And then they said, oh, we have, you know, careers in space and this one and that one. So that was really how I ended up in space. So I became a satellite technician and then I got a scholarship to go back to school, then studied deep space science and then, you know, got a job with companies where I was designing satellites, launching you know, rockets and doing all that fun stuff. Oh my God. My face is like literally dropping right now. You were literally talking about working at McDonald's, going into the military and then working in space. I mean, I just, I have goosebumps listening to your story already right now. How are you just excelling in math and science? Did it just naturally come to you? It's natural. And then also, you know, I I feel like my parents played a big role too in developing, you know, my love of science. But I go looking back, I feel like it's always been there because I remember even as young as eight or 10, which is my son's age now, I would you know, do these puzzles. And my dad will also give me these puzzles that later on, I found out that they were actually like differential equations and stuff like that. So, but he was making it so easy or finding ways for me to be able to solve them. So I've always had a love of math and then I've always been super, super curious. You know, I would break stuff. I broke the radio to see where the sound was coming from. I was fascinated by the television. So now looking back, I I think that it was always there, but I didn't have any clear path. I didn't have anybody, I have a family full of lawyers, right? So we didn't have any engineers. I didn't, you know, even know about engineering as, you know, something to do, but I was kind of pulled into it, you know, gradually. That's incredible. I love that you remember that first space movie or documentary that you saw. I feel like, you know, children are so curious. I see it now as a mother And Mila is obsessed with science. She loves doing experiments. And the way that it started her experiments, she like was taking her markers, her watercolors. And then just, she learned that if you can mix the colors, that they would change the color. And then she got out all of these glasses and she was putting it in water. And then she was doing it inside of the water. And so she was calling it a science experiment. And I remember just being like, well, that's not really a science experiment, but I had to like, no, that is a really cool, it is a science experiment. And she's like, so curious as to mixing things and seeing what happens when she puts things together and she's obsessed with it now. And I think it's so cool that, and, but it wasn't something that I prompted. And now I'm just trying to nurture 
this piece of her. It's so amazing how kids are so curious and we have to foster that. And you remember that moment that you saw that space documentary and how it like translated back into your life. I absolutely love that. Yeah. It's kind of like looking back, I can kind of tie the two because I just remember, you know, especially at the time I was like, oh my God, these people are walking on the moon. Like there is a world outside of, you know, our physical world. It just seemed it just seemed so, you know, crazy to me. And I think that I kind of, you know, follow that passion into it. And so as soon as I, you know, found opportunities, especially in the Air Force, to be able to work on anything space related, I was like, sign me up. I think it's so incredibly cool. I actually recently got to see, and I'm in Florida, and we're actually so privileged to see so many rocket launches in our backyard. I happened to be on a run and I saw the last SpaceX launch. Wow. And that was the one with the humans, like the humans, like we're all humans. Sorry. This is how <laughs> non-scientific I am. That's that was the launch where real humans were inside. They were not astronauts. I got to see that launch. It was like by total coincidence. I happened to be outside. The sky was like completely purple. It was so beautiful. And Cape Canaveral is where the rocket launches are. That's still like an hour away from like the coast is about an hour away from where I live, but it was so powerful that we can see it. We could still see it like from Orlando. It was really cool. Space is so cool. I think it's so cool. Yeah, it is. It is. And I'm so excited that now you know, it's so accessible, right? Because for so long, it hasn't been as accessible. And actually, one of the things that we're working on with the VR is our VR Academy, which is going to focus on getting kids into space, space kids. That's so kids as young as, you know, kindergarten, just getting them passionate and excited about space with these concepts that are going to be just like super easy to grasp. And then going all the way up to, you know, universities and colleges, we're working with organizations that, are like, there are no space programs in schools today, you know, that prepare people for careers in space. Unless you want to be an astronaut, there wasn't really like a need to have a specialized program. But now that's, you know, you have Blue Origin and SpaceX and all these commercial space programs. It's like, there's such a a big need. And that's what we're focused on, making sure that we can get the, you know, the curriculum in there. Amazing. Okay. We're going to come back to the story. I have still have so many. So you're literally in the military, working on every space project that you can get your hands on. And then what happens? Where were you based? May I ask that? And thank you for your service also. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I was in Germany. So I was in Germany. I worked as a satellite technician. And then from there, I applied for a scholarship. There was a scholarship for our airmen. Well, this should be airmen and women, but there was a scholarship for airmen to go and study. And that year I was a scholarship recipient. So I went back to school. I went back to Syracuse University, got my degree in electrical engineering. And then I went to Georgia Tech to do my graduate studies, which focused entirely on, you know, deep space engineering. And actually my professor was one of the people on the mission to Jupiter, you know, cause I was reading his book you know, and then I reached out to him and I said, I'm really interested in, you know, studying engineering. And they were like, yeah, if you come here, we can see if we can get you in the lab. And I worked as a lab assistant and he was, you know, part of the uh, Jupiter mission. It's so incredible that you were so proactive about it. Even if there wasn't even a category for women, you were like, I'm in. Right, right, right. Yeah. Did that ever intimidate you? 
in some places, you know, but I think that the most, <laughs> the most intimidated I've ever been was not during my career, you know, in space, but like after as an entrepreneur in Silicon Valley, mm, because there are, of, there are a lot of places where you're made aware that you're not welcome. What are you doing here? But I, as you know, working as a deep space scientist, you know, I wish there were more women, but I felt like everybody was very corporative and very value focused in terms of the value that you're able to contribute. So I work for the Aerospace Corporation, which is, you know, the Air Force's organization that evaluates all these, you know, programs, so space and whatnot. And then, you know, I think about all the places that I work, the Boeing company, I didn't really feel like I was discriminated or that, you know, I was getting pushed back, if anything, was very inclusive. But being an entrepreneur, that's a whole different story. Let's get there because I'm surprised. I'm not surprised because less than 3% of venture capital goes to women and less than 1% of venture capital goes to minorities, not even just minority women, just in general, people of color. We're not funded. And for those that are on the podcast, you know, Mary, you are a black woman and you raised $10 million in venture capital to fund your idea. How did you go about doing that? And this should not be the case, but you are a unicorn in your own rights because it is so hard to do what you did to defy all of the odds. And I've personally been in, not your shoes, you're a rocket scientist, but I've been in your shoes and I've been pregnant raising venture capital, you know, on top of that, it is not easy. And when you say that it was harder for you when you were an entrepreneur and you felt that you didn't belong that's shitty to hear, but that is the unfortunate reality right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it was very, 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 very difficult. It still remains difficult. And even like when I compare with what we're doing, what we've accomplished and, you know, everything that we have, six awarded patents for it, the company itself, compared to some of the people that have just waltzed in like, oh, I have this idea for virtual reality. And then the next thing is they've raised a hundred million. And then you're like, wait, wait a minute. But I spoke to these same people and, you know, I showed them what we're doing with Lady Gaga and this one and that one, there is a double standard, right? When you're not the status quo, you're judged beyond reasonable doubt. It's like you have to have everything and then some, and still, you know, you're still going to be doubted. People are not going to believe it. People are going to say, oh, but we haven't seen it before compared to others where they're judged by potential. So it's like, oh, I have this great idea. And it's like, oh, wow, I could see it. That's the next Zuckerberg. That's the next this, and that's next that. And they get the funding real quickly. But I focused a lot on revenue in the beginning. So part of the early funding came from revenue and then just continue to pound the pavement because it's about finding those people that believe. And I think that today there are so many organizations that have mobilized around making sure that we can bring some balance and equity to innovation and, you know, getting black founders funded. And what I did is I started just focusing on finding those people. But when you get to a certain point too, it becomes challenging because to build a company as large as what we're doing, you still need growth capital, which you need a whole lot more than 10 million. 
that is the reality of it, right? It takes everything to go right, to go build a successful, large company. Like it takes capital, it takes product, it takes people, it takes your go-to-market, it takes the consumer, it takes the community, it takes every piece of everything. it, everything, everything has to go right. And that's why it's so difficult to do, but it's still so incredible that you're showing up every day, paving the way for more women for more rocket scientists to go become an entrepreneur. I'd love to understand and share with the audience this product that you are bringing to market. So basically now I'm the CEO of Seek, which is I'm also the founder of Seek. And Seek, we are a streaming platform that enables mainly uh, music artists, but also sports teams. You know, we're doing a deal, for example, with the English Premier League with Southampton and Dwayne Wade to Liberty Sports Academy. But we enable music artists, sports teams, and other content creators, live events, to be able to monetize their fan base using virtual reality concerts, live events, and live streaming, and then also NFTs and blockchain-based, you know, red digital goods. And basically what we do is we allow them to use our tools to very, very quickly build out their own virtual worlds, for example. So if you're a music artist and you want to be able to have your content on Oculus, on HTC Vive, or any of these places, or on iOS and Android, which we use on VR headset, that's the place that you come to. And we're currently working with Lady Gaga, Demi Lovato, Ziggy Marley, and the list goes on. That is so incredibly cool that you're getting to do that. I mean, how do you even begin to start having these conversations, right? So one, you have all this product knowledge. You've built this incredible platform. So you've built it. You've got a team of, how big is your team, right? So you have a team, you have engineers, you guys are developing this app. Did you do a lot of the coding yourself? When I started out, I was doing a lot of the coding myself, which was so counterproductive. But now I have a great development team, phenomenal team that I've been working with, you know, over six years now, and it continues to grow. So my focus now is more on the business side and setting the vision. But I'm very, very, um, like I have, you know, dev meetings every single day to make sure that I'm still directing the product. And that's a part that I enjoy. And It's also, I'm not at the part where I could say, okay, somebody take full control of, you know, the product yet, but I have a great team of people around me. That's amazing. And then, you know, as a CEO, I love that you said you're setting the vision and that's exactly what you need to do. What is the vision for Seek? What is your vision? So the vision for Seek, you know, which has remained the same is to be that leader that makes the metaverse accessible. And I've been saying that since the beginning. And today's an interesting day, right? Because Mark Zuckerberg just announced that Facebook, they announced like a month ago that Facebook is not going to be focused on the metaverse. And today they announced that they're changing their name to Meta to reflect their focus on the metaverse, right? Which is the web 3.0. So it's this interconnected virtual worlds where, you know, when you think about web 1.0, we had text some pictures like Amazon and then web 2.0, like YouTube with the videos, but now web 3.0, it's all going to be about virtual reality, augmented reality, where if I'm going to visit somebody, like I'm going to the Nike store, I'll 
I'll be able to go on their website and I can walk through their store. I can look around. And if I have a VR headset, I'll be able to also look and try things on. And that is basically what we're building to be the global leaders of the metaverse. It's also an idea that I pitched to Facebook back in 2015. So I'm glad to see that you know, they're building it because the rising tide raises all ships. It's the same idea. And I'm super, super excited that now everybody's talking about the metaverse. I love it. I learned something new today that it was called the metaverse. I absolutely love this. And you also sit on the board of the Oculus, Facebook's Oculus and on Amazon's Launchpad. Like that is, I'm going to say it fucking massive woman. That is so cool. Can we all get a big round of applause (laughs) where you are today? You're on your run this morning. You're listening from your office. You're getting ready. Let's all pause. And let's just give a moment to Mary here, who is literally trailblazing right now. I am so damn pumped. That is awesome. You're sitting on the board of Facebook Oculus. Tell me about that. So I was actually one of the very first women in VR. You know, I remember being at the conference. I was at this conference. I spoke at the conference. I finished and I was kind of looking around and I was like, man, we need more women here. And one of the guys came up to me. This is, you know, I didn't know who he was, but apparently he's one of the big game developers. And he said, hey, keep your head up because, you know, you're representing the other 50% of the demographic, right? Because we're all here building all this stuff for the future. And I said, it's such a shame that we're building the our future civilization and we don't even have representation for 50% of you know the world. We're using only half of our brain. And so being there early, right? Being there early, I didn't know what it was going to be about. I just knew that something was happening. So by being there early and also just making my my way in and raising my hand for a lot of different things just one thing connected to the other and i had the opportunity to you know present the whole notion of the metaverse to facebook they were one of the first checks in to seek and they've been super super supportive and this was important enough to where they wanted me to be part of the board of oculus for good Well, that is just such an incredible story. And I love that you said that you raised your hand, you inserted yourself at the conferences and at the meetings and showed your face. And you're absolutely right. We need more of this because the future of technology that we're all going to be using is represented by not us, right? Not us, yes. But but it's represented by men. And it's represented even not only just by men, in many circumstances, just white men too, right? It's not even represented by the differences in culture, differences in language, differences in just human design, in all human design. And I think that you made a very solid point here. And I think that kudos to the companies out there that are striving for true inclusion of thought. Not just inclusion. You know what I'm about to say here, right? It's not just about ticking off the box of having inclusion in race and gender equality. I mean, this is exactly what we're fighting for here at CO School is to bridge that gap. These statistics need to change. But let's go beyond that for a second, right? It's not just about inclusivity for gender and for race. It's really about that inclusion of differences in thought, right? And we're all going to think exactly the same 
the products and services are going to all be exactly the same. That's smart. And, you know, we're in 2021 and diversity is not a nicety, it's a necessity. You know, if you're going to be part of this global economy, you cannot show up pasteurized, homogenized, and all looking the same without any diversity of perspective, because you're building products for humans that they're not going to relate to, you know? And so when we bring the value that we bring, which, you know, for me is super important when I go somewhere, you know, the whole notion of, you know, lean in and whatnot, but if I'm leaning in and it's not appreciated, if I'm coming in and there's no seat for me there and I have to break walls and no, that's too much for me. I'm going to find somewhere else where I can offer value. So we need to understand the tremendous value that we bring to these organizations, because if they're building organizations that are not inclusive, it's at their own peril. It also opens up opportunities for us to be able to build these new worlds and these new companies that are inclusive, that can address, you know, the world the way it is and, you know, not live in that bubble. I agree with you and amen to that. Mary, how can we support you? I mean, you have such an incredible story. What's next for you? How can we as a community, this beautiful tribe of women that are just so incredibly proud of you, how do we support you? We are all in on your journey and you are going to be the leader. You are going to be the leader and we're all going to say that we heard you on the podcast (laughs) and we knew who you were in this small segment of time today. We're so inspired by what you're doing and thank you for really trailblazing, truly trailblazing beyond in ways that Many of us have never even thought that was achievable, like literally out of this world, physically out of this world into a (laughs) meta universe that doesn't even exist that you're building. I guess this is like so insane. How can we support you? Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for this program, you know, because it's not just funds in which we're not being represented, but even the media. So I thank you so much for this fantastic program. And for everyone that's listening, please share the podcast, share the stories of what we're doing, you know, share what seek.com, C-E-E-K.com, buy a VR head set, you know, for your child or for yourself, you can meditate in our metaverse, but if you don't have the funds to buy it, just share it. You know, we were covered by Wired recently and it was from somebody posting about seeking what we're doing and somebody else's cousin seeing it. And so please, you have so much power with your social media and with everything that you have. So please share, you know, share this. We are absolutely going to do that. And this community, I'm holding all of you guys accountable. The 50,000 of you that listen to the show, we're going to make Mary go viral. Can we all, we're going to make you go viral. This podcast is going to launch and that is going to be, let's make Seek go viral. Thank you so much for being on this show. We can't wait to continue to follow your journey. How can we find you? Are you on Instagram? What is Seek's Instagram handle or social handle so that we can ensure that we get those linked into the show notes? And we're going to immediately screenshot this episode and share with all of the handles. Oh, thank you. So it's CEEK. So on Twitter, we're just CEEK and then we're on LinkedIn. And you can reach out to us also because I'm all about giving back. So if you have questions, if you're like, hey, I'm trying to do this. So as much as I wanted you know, you to share, I also want to be able to share with you. Twitter, Seek, and Instagram is SeekVR. And then LinkedIn is SeekVR as well. Amazing. I cannot wait to see you go viral. I'm so excited. 
congratulations on all your success. I know you're just getting started and we can't wait to continue to support this journey. I hope all of you guys listening are inspired today to take action and to pave the way. And we've got incredible women like Mary showing us how. And so don't let today go to waste. We're going to conquer this week together. I'll see you guys next week at CEO school. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and show. Our team at CEO School works extremely hard to bring you the best content, authentic conversations, and expert guests curated every single week to keep you leveling up in leadership, business, and in life. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating telling us what you enjoy the most. Thanks so much. We love having you here.